Hi everyone, I'm Tara Mont, and you're listening to the Trust and Thrive with Tara Mont podcast. I created this podcast along with my blog and brand to hopefully inspire others to live their most authentic life. I truly believe that we all have the power to live a life we love, and to do so, it's so important to be in tune with ourselves and be open to growing and evolving. I believe that once we can trust ourselves and our vision, that's when we can thrive. So with this podcast, I plan to discuss all things to do with self-reflection, personal growth, mindsets, and self-belief, all aspects that affect us in our everyday life. If you feel connected to my message and want to listen more often, I will be sharing one podcast a week, so make sure to subscribe and stay tuned. Welcome back, everyone. I hope you enjoyed last week's episode with Shirley Yang, founder and CEO of Muses. She had so many great things to say on entrepreneurship, celebrating the little wins, finding your passion and what you love to do, and just being fearless, being fearless in business and in life, which was the name of the episode, and overall finding that balance between the science of achievement and the art of fulfillment, which Shirley discussed a lot in episode 27. So I hope you enjoyed it. If you haven't listened yet, make sure to give it a listen after this episode. So on today's episode, we have Richie Norton, who is the founder of the Strength Temple on Instagram, and he is an ex-rugby player, a yoga teacher, a breathwork and meditation trainer, a personal trainer, a passionate speaker, and so much more. In the beginning of the interview, you'll hear Richie explain why he started the Strength Temple and the importance of nurturing and taking care of our bodies as if it were a temple, treating it with so much love and kindness and building that strength emotionally, physically, and mentally, and really getting to know ourselves. In this episode, we touch on the importance of mindfulness and breathing right and being aware of our breathing, being vulnerable, and the importance of being vulnerable, especially for men who have maybe learned to not open up in the same way that women do, and how that can create such strong bonds, sisterhoods, brotherhoods, just strong bonds between people you would never have imagined. We go over some breathing exercises and the importance of finding your calling and spending time around energy you want to be around, that positive energy. You end up becoming more like the people you surround yourself with. So it's definitely important to surround yourself with people who bring out the best in you and who have positive energy. So those are just some of the topics we touched on in this episode, but I want to get straight into it so you can hear Richie talk about his life, his work, what he's learned over time, and how he got to where he is today. And if you would like to hear some of my thoughts on the episode after the interview, feel free to stick around until the end of the episode. So with that said, let's get right into it with Richie Norton. So hi, Richie. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here. I feel honored. Thank you so much. So to start off, can you give listeners a little more insight on yourself and what exactly you do? So full name is Richie Norton. Um, in the social media world, I guess my, my brand is, is what's really, I guess, known out there, and that's the Strength Temple. Um, this space is kind of morphing into a bit of a beast now <laughs> as it sometimes does as I start to explore my own practices. I am an ex-rugby player who went then into capoeira and gymnastics and calisthenics and then found my way into yoga and breath work and meditation and I'm now trying to morph it into whatever it's meant to be and go on my own little journey and share it as a coach. That's awesome. So what does the strength temple mean to you? When did you start sharing that message? This is an interesting question because I could pin it to a few points. The strength temple, let's say it was born maybe five years ago um, when I stepped into uh, more of a coaching role uh, out of a, a PT personal training position I kind of want to sum up well I guess I always saw the body as a temple and the idea of actually nurturing and taking care of a temple and understanding how precious it is and how you need to care for it and look after it and treat it as something sacred 
that was the, where the temple had come from. And then looking at strength in, in all of its forms, really. So emotionally, physically, mentally, and spiritually. And not quite sure where the, the temple, the strength temple was going to go. I thought that would give me some options to maybe steer it in a direction that became the main focus. But what's actually ended up happening is I've been able to address all four points. That's amazing. And I think that's awesome because especially like on Instagram and when you're branding yourself, it's easy to get stuck in one area, whether that's fitness or a more spiritual side. So I was curious as to whether or not you grew up in an environment where your family practiced health and wellness and mindfulness, or if you figure that out later in your life. So I I definitely didn't have a, a yogi grandma, but she is now. She's actually, (laughs) going back to the original, um, she actually says that yoga and meditation and getting out in nature are the keys to her health. And I think she's going to outlive everybody else. I think she inspired my mom and my dad, actually, to take more of a mindful and holistic approach to how they they live their lives. But I can't take any um, inspiration from that myself. I took more of a a rugby mentality from a very young age. I definitely wasn't spiritual. I definitely wasn't aware of anything that involved well-being practices or mindfulness. Um, for me, it was definitely hitting um, a bit of a roadblock with injuries. And, you know, being honest, I, I definitely suffer with a lot of anxiety and um well, what's known as, I guess, depression now, which wasn't really identified back then. It was more getting a little bit lost in my ways and thinking my my career would be a professional career in rugby. And all of a sudden, my outlet for my frustrations and, I guess, anger that built up as a kid, um, it, it left me feeling quite lost. And it was actually someone pulling me aside one day that, told me about the benefits of being more mindful with my training and asking me if they'd be if I'd be interested in going to a yoga class and yeah I definitely didn't take to it take to it that quickly it was actually a um, a girl I met in a in a yoga class that caught my attention and spending more and more time with her and her taking that very patient time out with me to show me the ropes and to help me connect with it on a deeper level was my introduction to yoga. And I think if we're branching out from that, it was really the capoeira that I did in college and actually understanding a little bit more about movement practices and finding that more holistic connection to movement and body weight training that gave me that real physical feeling of an actual workout, which I was still craving and still more, I guess, uh, closer to relate to. And yeah, once my injuries started to go away and once I started to feel better mentally, just from changing how I looked at my training and how I looked at my lifestyle, um, it was such a life changer for me, such a game changer that I realized I had a gift then to help other people on that journey. And then I took that step to becoming um, a coach and a personal trainer. That's great. Thank you so much for being honest about that. I really appreciate it. And I know on one of my episodes, I've talked about finding your purpose and finding your why and how using your past experiences to help other people can be amazing. So I wanted to ask you, especially, you know, we kind of look at yogis and people who are spiritual and think, Maybe they've never suffered anxiety and have been through those hard times because we think they're so mindful. It's it's kind of like that stereotype. So would you say that those hard experiences really helped you become who you are and turn you towards that spiritual direction and to help other people? Do you think those are really vital in helping you become who you are now? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I can't speak for everybody, but I, I could, you know... I guess, give my opinion on the majority of people that I come into contact with, the people that work with me, that I coach, but also, you know, the inspiring people that I have around me in my, my, uh, my personal life. Um, this is a great topic again, and this is why it's been so awesome to come on this podcast at such a crucial time where mental health is, is obviously, you know, a hot topic and, we are currently in the middle of mental health awareness week, I believe. 
And as much as I don't believe it should be kept to just one week, it should be something they're aware of throughout the whole year. And we need to talk more about and to open up more about, especially us guys who are not <laughs> really well known for being very open and um, sharing our feelings. For me, I think hitting that real low and having someone, actually a guy, pull me aside and say, is everything okay? It was simply just being asked that question, is, is everything okay? And me feeling comfortable to actually be vulnerable, that actually gave me quite a lot of empowerment to feel that become strength. And knowing that I wasn't the only person, uh, just knowing my rugby team, um, other fellow guys in my little network, my my personal circle, that would probably be dealing with the similar sort of frustrations. I realised that you know it was an opportunity to help others, and I certainly feel that those battles, those challenges, dealing with anxiety, dealing with those you know intense frustrations. And hearing so many like stories and, you know, having my own personal family and close friends suffer, it's given me a lot more strength, a lot more compassion and um, a deeper understanding, a deeper connection to people that are also going on their same, on, the, on a similar journey. And if I didn't have that insight myself personally, it would be hard for me to maybe understand where, where they're finding their struggles and and I feel like the more we're able to talk about these things and share what's going on, I feel we're going to have to help more people. And I feel like there's going to be a lot more support out there over the coming months, coming years, if we keep on the track we're on at the moment. Mm -hmm. I appreciate you saying that because I think compassion and vulnerability are really strengths to have. And I think we sometimes mistake that. And especially, I'm sure, playing rugby, I wanted to ask you, did you feel like, you know, you weren't able to be as vulnerable? Was that kind of like that boundary set in that environment? There, there was no vulnerability when I was playing rugby. That's the thing. For, for me, the, the vulnerability and actually even understanding what that word even meant only came maybe f five years ago. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Brené Brown. I know the women in the world out there are going, yeah, we love Brené. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> She, um, I think it was a TED talk someone sent me and, you know, one, a guy watching a woman talk about vulnerability, it's sometimes hard for people to see like how that connects, but it was, it was talks like that and, and guys started to speak out that helped me identify with the sensation and the feelings I was having. And that actually woke me up to what vulnerability actually was and how empowering, even though it was quite painful, to accept and maybe a bit embarrassing that actually became the powerful transition in that acceptance and for me as a kid growing up you know guys definitely didn't talk about their feelings in any way shape or form we hid it we pretended that nothing was going on we, we you know we brushed under the carpet let's say and rugby being such a macho sport as many male orientated sports are it's very hard to show that weaker side because it shows weakness or you feel that it would give you a dent in your armor, a weakening in your armor that would leave you open to be attacked and um, bullied maybe. And, you know, so it was a space where I feel a lot of guys will go and, you know, really struggle without knowing that support is there and knowing that it's okay. And I think that's such a huge message that's getting out there now that it is okay and, you know, just sharing what's going on can be a huge step in the right direction. Yeah, that's so important. And I really do believe that it, you know, vulnerability equals strength. And so do you think also from just being more vulnerable, you've realized that you've developed stronger bonds and relationships? Has that added a new layer to your perspective? Yeah, for sure. It, you know, it puts a big smile on my face. Um, just thinking about the connections I've made with guys that before I might not have even seen a connection on a personal level because their interests were different, but we're connecting on a level where it's like a brotherhood mm -hmm. and seeing it now being more and more spoken about across the media in, you know, American football, you know, well, any sports, how guys are now feeling empowered to share it and how that's bringing teams together and communities together and, you know, literally saving lives. It's, um, 
it's amazing to see how my network of of guys has really opened up whereas before we might just walk past each other in the street now you know we high five and we we hug openly and we mean it whereas guys hugging would maybe last a couple of seconds and they'd feel really awkward you know i'm a, I'm a huge fan of a of a hug and um <laughs> yeah i think just a, even just a few years ago that would have just uh, not been the case so i'm, I'm excited about how things are, are changing i love that thank you for sharing that and so moving on to just the idea of practicing mindfulness and focus breathing, I know you talk about that a lot. What, why do you think focus breathing and being mindful is so important? Well, I think just to make things a little bit simple for people out there, because I forget there's a lot of people out there that have got no idea how they're breathing throughout the day. They just think because it's something we do automatically that they don't have to be mindful of what that actually means, how they breathe and how that affects the way they feel, their mood, the way they behave, their sleep. And just bringing awareness to how you are breathing and helping people become more connected to the way they breathe and the difference in just simply changing from a mouth breathing system or natural pattern to a nose or nasal breathing pattern and how that dramatically affects uh, affects your state so just to elaborate on that um, the nervous system of the body we have uh, two sides that say the parasympathetic nervous system which is your rest chill out relax calm digest trigger and then a sympathetic side which is more your heightened stress alert be switched on fired up um and two simple changes if you were to breathe through your mouth you are well tends to be triggering your sympathetic nervous system so breathing more into the chest which is going to provide more of a stress response a high stress response which i think we can all agree we could do with a little bit less of or at least become better at managing it and the trigger of a nasal breathing pattern especially when practiced and really mindfully um, focused on triggers that calming, relaxed, regenerative response to the nervous system, which again is often used in meditation and focusing the mind and conserving energy and calming anxiety. And, you know, without going off on a bit of a tangent there, it's such a powerful tool that really now is, again, it's great that people are talking about it. But I still see many people completely unconscious about how they're breathing. And it is our lowest hanging fruit to being able to take control of our of our emotional, physical, um, spiritual and physical well-being. And um, just bringing attention to it can dramatically switch the mood and the state that you're in. And um, that's something we need to really be more conscious of if we're going to start to win these battles. Yeah, that's so interesting that you say that because I think we forget that there's so many different ways to breathe and so many different ways we can feel in the depending on how we breathe. And so I appreciate you bringing up anxiety because I've also experienced anxiety attacks. I wouldn't say I'm diagnosed with anxiety. I don't think that's fair to say when so many people actually deal with that. But I've experienced anxiety attacks. And so I know that breathing is so important. And so if you don't mind sharing, has that helped you through those moments in your life? And has that been a reason that you've kind of discovered and been interested in, in breathing? Sure. Okay. So to bring value to everybody, so to all of your listeners and to people that might not have ever heard of a breathwork practice, I mean, meditation is obviously a lot more talked about. It's, it's out there right now, but still there are a lot of people struggling to connect with it, find their way with it. They're not maybe open-minded enough to give it a try. Maybe they've tried it in the past and it hasn't worked so for me, I was one of those people, again, coming from rugby, you know, even as a performance athlete, I would be looking for how to improve my health, my how quickly I could get, how powerful I could become, how could I improve my fitness. And the biggest transition for me when I eventually found out about breath work a few years ago, it completely transformed how I performed in the gym, how I was able to stay calm under pressure. Um, so I'm talking about from a performance point of view, but when it came to me using it in everyday life, when I got stressed, when I felt anxious, um, when I was overwhelmed with whatever it was that came into my space, 
it was then when I realized the power of breathing was my, was my superpower. Simply changing from mouth breathing and moving to nasal breathing and trying to really slow down the breathing rhythm completely within seconds changed the way I was feeling. And then when you really start to practice that, you can then use it to heighten your awareness, lift your energy if you're going to use it and you need to switch on and get focused and get, um, I guess, more present. And that can also work when you start to slow down the tempo and use the nasal breathing. So as a yogi now as well, breath work, I haven't created breath work. I'm just a practitioner and I'm still very much a student um yoga teachers have been using this for years and years and years and years and nasal breathing and mouth breathing at different tempos has lots of different outcomes like you mentioned so for me the takeaway to be a bit more generalized anxiety is a stress response and that when it gets out of control you know we can completely lose our mind we lose our focus all of our all our body is trying to do is just like survive and it can become mm-hmm. so overwhelming and so overpowering, you forget to just how to, you forget just normal functions. So all I would ever say is like, well, let's not overcomplicate things. Try and take one full breath in through your nose. And then try and slow that breath out. Whether you use that exhalation through your mouth or through your nose depends on how stressed you actually are. But let's focus on trying to bring those levels down and try and bring a more focused, calm sensation. Try and get a full breath in. So breathe all the way down into expanding into the ribs or down to the navel, down to the belly to bring your awareness to where. Feel the lungs up. Try and have a little pause and try and lengthen and control and let that exhalation out as slow and as controlled as you can. And then repeat the process as many times as you can. So to work deeper into that, depending on what sort of level you're at, is the more you can start to find a steady rhythm, the more you start to take control of your state. And that can work both ways. That can get a bit confusing, but I think to be aware of it is, is such a huge step in the right direction. You take this big breath in and like, oh yeah, I was forgetting to breathe. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so true. <laughs> Especially when you're working out and or you're stressed or you're busy, you kind of forget to breathe sometimes. And then you're like, why am I lightheaded? Forget the little things like drinking water and staying hydrated. We forget, honestly, we forget to take care of ourselves in those ways. And so I agree that, you know, breathing, you, that helps you be in control of yourself and who you are. And so do you feel the same about mobility and moving your body? Do you personally feel in control when you're doing yoga and you know how your body can move? So breath is definitely the first, um, first component that you really want to hone in. The, um, the movement and the mobilization exercises that I do, I guess that's what I'm known for. I've all stemmed from me finding my own practice and looking to reconnect with my, my physical state, which then allowed me to become more in control of my mental state. And breathing is really the, the glue to connect all of that because my breathing rhythm, my breathing tempo, the cadence of my breathing really allowed me to find that natural flow and that rhythm that felt right to me in the moment. And that can change day to day depending on how I am feeling and what I feel like doing, how much I want to move, what's my mood like. So to to provide, I guess, valuable tools for your listeners and and I think just to look at a, a general tip we all need to move a bit better. We all need to move a little bit more to live a nice, long, healthy life and to be free from pain and to not suffer like unnecessarily. We need to keep our joints healthy. We need to keep our heart healthy. We need to keep our mind healthy. And simple movement practices stemming from just movement through the practice of breathing and then extending that into a movement practice of your choice is a really great way to start and to build a foundation on a healthier more mindful life and that can be related to anybody in any industry in any job any walk of life no matter where you're starting from that's how i got started this is what's allowed me to build and create the the healthy body and mind that i have now 
and also as a coach this is what's really making those huge impacts on people's lives that's you know changing people forever and I think that's just you know in its simplest form a great place to start for anybody looking to you know go down that path Mm -hmm. and so for anyone who does want to start maybe or they feel stressed and overwhelmed and you know they don't know much about breathing or being mindful what advice would you give them what would you say is the first step to feel more at peace with themselves I think first of all take away the pressure I feel a lot of people like don't start because they're so intimidated or concerned or worried or confused how to start, where to start, or think it's not for them. And I think what I've seen as a, as a coach, especially is, you know, just making that first step in the right direction of just trying and, and experimenting with different forms of meditation or breath work or movement practice is a really good mental uh, approach that gives people that freedom to go at it at their own pace. And for me, it's always been just sitting with your own company, trying a guided meditation, trying some real basic tools. I mean, my website, for example, is, is just starting to grow into just a little toolbox of real basic foundation practices like, okay, today you're going to breathe through your nose all day. And I want you to monitor your breathing and be conscious of how you're breathing all day. That's it. And if you're going to become more of a meditator, maybe you'll find a practice that suits you. There's so many different practices out there. There's so many great teachers out there. Find, Keep going until you find someone that you connect with that helps you, that you really feel gets you and is at a tempo that works for you. And in terms of movement practice and mobilization tools, simply just getting up off the couch, moving away from your desk, moving a little bit more, getting up and going for a walk around the block. That can be a great starting point to start with your fitness goals. And if you can start to walk around the block, go for a walk down the beach, climb your local hill, go to the park, go sit under a tree, and then start to practice breathing mindfully, making those inhales nice and long, try and breathe through the nose, try and find a steady rhythm that makes you feel I guess, more connected to what's actually happening with the breathing practice. That's a mindful practice. That is a form of meditation. It doesn't need to be too fancy. It doesn't need to be too technical. Just simply start. And then that's where the journey begins. I completely agree. Thank you. I think sometimes we we overwhelm ourselves because we think, okay, so I'm going to go to the gym seven days a week. I'm going to meditate for 30 minutes. And We try to do everything at once and think, okay, I need to be a more well-rounded person and get into health and wellness, especially with meditating. We think we need to just sit down for half an hour, an hour if we've never done it before and then we get bored and we wonder why. It's all about these little habits. We've all built up all these like habits through our lifetime until now that aren't always great, that aren't always good habits. So changing those habits is sometimes the biggest task. So why not find little changes in each day? that actually do feel sustainable, that do feel like you can actually stick with it, make them part of every day. And when they're ingrained into your new healthy life, then step up, then go to the gym, maybe then go for an extra hike, go for a run, maybe try a meditation class. But once you've got the foundations in place and you feel and you start to see the difference, that's what's going to hook you in and that's going to keep you motivated. Yes, definitely. And the fact that you said don't put that pressure on yourself because we think it's either all in or I'm not doing it at all. You know, if like I'm not going to the gym seven days a week, then screw it. I won't go at all. So I appreciate you saying that. And so this whole show is about trusting yourself and trusting your vision and kind of being in tune with who you are. So I'm curious as to whether finding that practice for you, whether that's yoga, mobility and breathing and, you know, having rugby and finding what you're passionate about, have those helped you be more in tune with yourself and know who you are? Uh, Yes. Um, Yes would be the answer. And again, to to be relatable to other people, I... um, I mean, I I didn't know I was going to play rugby when I was a kid. I just knew I was very active. Um, some would say ADHD, you know, just not really knowing where my place was. Luckily, I was able to find rugby as an outlet and a, and a chance for me to express myself and, you know, let go of some anger and frustrations and 
that was my passion. And when that ended, I, I lost my way a little bit and I didn't really know what to do with myself. I tried to work in an office. I, I tried to work and build a, a property business. And I just thought, yeah, well, that's what, you know, what other people do. That's how other people make money. That's a good career. Was I happy? No. It was eventually going back to my first passion of moving and sport and being active and loving actually training and being outside in nature and being in the outdoors. That brought me so much joy. Eventually, when I started to lean into that a little bit more, I found that was my biggest motivator to get up every morning. I found a joy and a passion and a love of being in nature and how much it grounded me and how just being more active and thinking about my health and my fitness just not only brought me joy, but when I was able to share my experience with other people, I realized that that was not just uh, you know something I enjoyed, but also it was a great gift to share with other people. And that just then gave me that little nudge to step into that arena and start to train and become a coach and understand what it meant to actually have these skills and to go after your passion. And that was enough for me to take it on board full time, even though it's a bit of a gamble. It didn't really bother me so much because I realized that was something I loved more than anything else. And that kept me motivated when things weren't going that well and when the business maybe wasn't going as, as well as I hoped it would. But it was enough for me to, to delve a little bit deeper into studying and and learn a bit more about myself. But when I realized it, how much it was changing my physical health and my mental health for the better, more than anything else had, there was no turning back. And that's that steered me to where I am now. You don't have the regret of not giving it a go if something's calling you if you are getting the signs that something doesn't feel right and if you're really tuned in to something your internal signals telling you something is not right if you're not happy don't just put up with it and if that's a physical sign or a mental sign do something about it even if it's a small step in one direction you don't have to just give up what you're doing now but I think if you start to do a little bit more of the things that you enjoy, eventually you'll feel empowered enough and confident enough and positive that that's a good path to go down and it'd be worth it. At least it'll be better than having that regret. Yes, I admire that so much. Thank you. I think I appreciate that you said that because, you know, when it comes to finding your passion, I think we can sometimes put that in a box, whether it's, you know, you have to work in the office setting or be a lawyer. So just or like any other job like that. So you saying that you had a passion for nature and mobility, you know, it may sound so unconventional to someone when they ask you, what are you doing or what is your job title? So would you say you faced any judgment when you kind of started the strength temple and you went towards this direction or were the people in your life pretty understanding? Um, I guess I had actually ignored a lot of people, a lot of friends pulling me aside and going, Rich, what are you doing? You don't, why are you wearing a suit to work? Even though I was quite successful in the business world, because I guess I was just a nice person trying to help other people out. It, it, you know, I was, I was doing well, but you know, deep down I realized that wasn't my calling, but a lot of people tried to actually tell me that there was something else out there that I should be doing. And now, well, when I first made that move into being a, a, a trainer and um, starting a strength temple, I actually got quite a lot of support because a lot of my close friends always knew that was where my energy was best spent. And I think what just came up in my head was during that time, even though I was working in an office, and if that's your industry, if you know, there's a lot of people unfortunately stuck behind laptops and on phones for hours every day sat down we, we all know that's not good for us sitting down for too long being still for too long not taking care of your health not eating right all of these things eventually start to stack up and something has to give so if that's your industry if that's your if that is your passion that's okay but are you putting in the effort outside of that and are you doing what you're really probably got time to do to balance out sitting down for too long, maybe not having the best diet, working so hard, high stress environments. This is more important than any than any other time that we are dealing with mental health issues and people suffering with chronic illness and chronic pain because they're not taking care of their physical and mental well-being. 
And I think this is where these small little tools like breath practices, mobility drills, you know, yoga class or movement where you're having this mindful experience really helps you become more proactive in an office environment, really helps you keep focused. And it's now great that a lot of companies are now seeing the value in this and, you know, giving people the space to do it. Mm -hmm. I agree. And do you think you've noticed that your mental health and your physical health and all that has been better for you now that you're more aligned maybe with your mission and what you really are passionate about as opposed to maybe when you were working in that office setting and it wasn't what you wanted to do and maybe you had that inner conflict. Do you feel more in tune with who you really are now? Oh, you most definitely. I've never been sure of anything in my life. And I think to say that so confidently, it hasn't always been the case. You definitely have doubts, especially when you you venture into something that might be different uh, or not really being uh, not some something a lot of people um, are tuned into or it's a gamble because you don't have much experience and it's a new venture but I always had this underlying feeling that this was my calling and I think if you can look at working a bit more inside of what's what's lighting you up, what's firing you up, what's motivating you every day, what do you really, really love to do? Eventually, even though you have to work through some challenges, you'll enjoy the journey, you'll enjoy the ride. And me finding a more spiritual connection and having a more holistic approach to my business, it's not only helped people physically, it's also allowed me to connect on a much deeper level to my clients, to my colleagues, to my peers, and just in general, I think just that deeper connection with it, with relationships is only going to add more value. And it's a, it's a two way street. Right. And I think in any industry, just having a deeper connection and being more, like say, compassionate and understanding and meeting, meeting people on that, on that deeper level, it's only going to build stronger relationships and, and leading to more positive results. Right. I know you said before that you cannot imagine yourself doing anything else. And even if it is a gamble, and I feel the same way because I also worked in a corporate job that I had no passion for that industry. And even though this is riskier and more of a gamble and I made more money before all of that, like I could not imagine myself doing anything else. Even though it is stressful, at least you know you feel aligned with who you are. So this whole show, like I said, has to do with living your most authentic life and being true to yourself. So I wanted to ask you, what does living your most authentic life mean to you? Okay, so authenticity and really listening and and tuning in to who you actually really are and who you want to be and speaking your truth is a really nice way to openly express yourself and not hold on to anything that... I think can bring you down, slow you down, um, cause you to lose your way. And I think when you're being your authentic self and you're really, so a lot of people aren't tuned into themselves. They, they have these fake personalities and these fake image, images. They're trying to be someone that they're really not because mm-hmm. they're trying to be someone else for someone else or behave a certain way or be someone that they think is going to be accepted or popular and or do it for money, do it for fame, do it for status. And I think it's really unfortunate because I think that, you know, you're never really going to be fulfilled. You're never really going to feel satisfied. And when you accept that vulnerability and maybe embarrassment from being your authentic self because your friend circle or your, your, the people that are around you see you as someone else that you've been pretending to be, then I, I feel, you, you know, if you're not willing to make that step and, you know, go after your passion and be that authentic you, you're not going to be able to, like, live your best life and you're never really going to experience what, truly being happy actually is because at the end of the day everything can be taken away tomorrow tomorrow is not guaranteed and as much as a bit of a cliche and you know people maybe take (laughs) mickey out of me it's it's a really nice way just to stay humble and i think just be a bit more present in each day and it means your relationships are a lot more sincere and you're going to have more time for people little moments are going to matter 
and you know that just might be enough for you to you know carry the same amount of energy into the next day and just improve on whatever happened today find connection on a deeper level to yourself but also with everybody that you come into contact with and that makes things really special and it makes it you know a real valuable life a real precious life yes definitely thank you and how important do you believe it is to find those people that are have that similar mindset or in similar industries how important do you think that is for yourself and knowing yourself as well well i think you you are you end up i guess becoming and um, absorbing the energy of the people that you spend time with right and you know let's look at it two ways here if you're surrounded by people that bring you down that you know are energy vampires as i call them you know where people are just trying to suck all your energy and they you know they're <laughs> constantly being negative and they don't have anything positive to say and it's it's really hard work to surround yourself with people like that without feeling that it just completely consumes you and eventually you are that person and yeah. you know negativity spreads unfortunately it's something that we can really hold on to and latch on to, especially in a, in a bit of a dark hole or a bit of a head funk, as I'd call it, you know, when you're not surrounded by positive people that can bring a positive, you know, angle to that, that feeling or that emotion, then it's a really lonely place to be. And it's hard to pull yourself out of that. So, you know, on the flip side, you know, the more you can surround yourself with people that inspire you, that motivate you, that get you, that you can relate to and, be a part of a community or uh, an environment or a group that have your back that do complement who you are and look at this from a business point of view or relationships point of view, family point of view you can't change people that don't want to be changed you can you know be suggestive and maybe you know add some positivity into their space but if you know someone's not you know speaking your language or on the same frequency or has the same vibe as you make the change because you know you only have this one life go after you know the people and go after life that lifts your energy and i think you know if you're looking at it from your question the more you surround yourself by those around those kind of people the more your life's going to flourish and the more your life's going to become more positive and you start to attract more of those positive things into your life and it works the, the, the same way with a negative. So which one are you going to choose? Exactly. Thank you. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think we need to realize we can only work on ourselves. We so often try to change other people or try to get them to understand what we do. But we have to kind of accept, work on ourselves and the people who will come into our lives. Well, it'll be meant to be in that way. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. I wanted to finish off this amazing interview with asking you what's coming up next for you and the strength temple and where can listeners follow so it's a, it's definitely a really exciting time um there's so much going on it's almost like right i need to strap myself in and enjoy the ride um but definitely feeling very grateful for the strength temple's growth online across lots of different channels and i'm now touring a lot i'm doing workshops all over the world I'm, I'm actually uh, a coach for XPT, which is the Extreme Performance Training, which was, uh, was founded by Laird Hamilton, the big wave surfer, and Gabby Reese. And that community in itself is such a powerful community. It's really opened me up to an environment full of inspiring people looking to improve the quality of their lives. And this is where we cover the breath and the, the movement and the recovery. And my personal workshops are now starting to pop up in schools I'm, I'm teaching kids and that's just been the most incredible experience so far and yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to getting out into different communities and and connecting with other people that are just looking to improve themselves and hopefully I can add some value um, so my website is a is a good starting point and that's www.thestrengthtemple.co.uk and Instagram is the Strength Temple, also Facebook and Twitter, Strength Temple. I'm pretty active on most channels now. I have a YouTube channel as well, which is the Strength Temple. And really, it's just kind of like unraveling quite organically. And I'm just loving working with my community and my tribe, as I call them, just helping where I can um, along their journeys. So, yeah, I love to chat with people that are just looking for that next level. So get in touch. Amazing. Thank you so much. And thank you for being that example of 
being true to yourself and being in tune with yourself and inspiring other people to do the same. So I really appreciate you being on the show. Thank you so much, Richie. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me talk, as you can tell, but it's also something super passionate that, you know, that I'm super passionate about. And it's a, it's a great time to really open up this communication. So you're doing a really great job. So uh, I really appreciate you asking me to come on. Of course. Thank you. So I hope you enjoyed that episode with Richie Norton. There were so many topics that really stuck with me and that I thought were so important to discuss, especially breathing. We talked about that in this episode, how easy it is to not focus on our breathing, to forget to drink water, to those little things that are so important that we often forget but really affect us physically and mentally and emotionally. So one thing I would really reflect on is how you breathe. Stop every once in a while and focus on your breathing. If you feel like you're developing anxiety, if you feel like you're really stressed and overwhelmed or angry or you just don't feel in control of your body, focus on your breathing. Like Richie said, there are different ways to breathe in different situations. It's important to inform yourself more to practice and to slow down the rhythm, whether it's from your mouth or nasal breathing research find ways that work for you and so Richie gave some great tips and he informed us a little more on breathing but I think there are so many other sources in which you can find ways to breathe better and be more mindful and Richie did a great job at giving us some tips and some exercises to do so and you can definitely follow him to find more information so you can follow him at the strength temple so breathing being mindful that's one important topic we touched on I really liked how open Richie was about not being as vulnerable, not being as comfortable being vulnerable when he was with his rugby team and how many of the men on the team, they did not want to open up and how over time he's developed such amazing relationships from being vulnerable, from being open about the strength and vulnerability. So often we grow up, especially for men, especially for boys growing up, you learn to not share your feelings. You know, it's 2019. I think things are different now, but still many people grow up in that environment where you're weak if you're vulnerable. And not even just for men, but for women and men, we think that being honest, sharing our fears and our thoughts and who we really are makes us weak. And that vulnerability is scary. And yes, vulnerability is scary, but it does not make us weak. It is actually a strength to be vulnerable, to genuinely be vulnerable and open up and develop those authentic relationships. That is the strength and vulnerability. And Richie explains that that's what it means to be authentic, to genuinely be who you are, despite what others think, despite what seems like the cool job out there, despite who you think you're supposed to be, but who you really want to be. And that's why I really enjoyed interviewing Richie and I reached out to him because he seemed to really portray an authentic image of himself, to really be doing what he loves, even if it's not conventional. And so breaking some of those norms, being an athlete, being active and you know, having that image, but also being vulnerable, meditating, being calm, and being a very open and spiritual person. So I think Richie really portrays that really well in what he does. And he explains how he started the Strength Temple with a more vague general idea of nurturing and taking care of your body and how he touches on so many different topics. He also didn't restrict himself to one topic. And yes, it's great to focus on one thing if you know exactly what you want to discuss, but Richie touches on so many, so many important parts of life from meditation, mindfulness, mobility, the importance of mobility and being active. And he wraps them all up together and he's created his own brand. And I think that's inspiring, realizing that you can create your own life. You can create your own brand, whatever you want. You don't have to be restricted. And Richie explains he had a job that he maybe he was good at, but it's not what he wanted to do. And he had really supportive people in his life who actually told him, what are you doing going to this nine to five? This isn't you. This isn't what you want to do, it seems like. If you don't have those people, become that person yourself. Be honest with yourself and think, is what I'm doing what I really want to do? Is this what I'm passionate about? I don't have to be passionate about law or medicine. I could be passionate about forests. I can be passionate about shoes. I can be passionate about breathing exercises. You know, it's there's so many different things we can focus on and different ways we can create the life we want for ourselves. 
And it's not always easy, but it's possible. I think Richie is a perfect example of that. So I'm very thankful that he was on the show. I really appreciated all the tips he shared, the honesty, just how he's been able to wrap so many things he's passionate about into one and create the strength temple. Strength isn't always just physical strength, working out, lifting, all of that. He touches on emotional strength, mental strength, which is huge. And physical strength and they all tie in and knowing your body and knowing what works for you and using different exercises to strengthen your mind and your body and your soul that's what helps create your authentic self because when you're that in tune with yourself you're so much more likely to pursue a life that you want to be authentic to yourself i've said this before and i'll say it so many times but if you don't know who you are how can you be your authentic self you may just be living someone else's life or being the you in someone else's eyes So I hope this inspires you to try different practices, whether that's through breathing, through yoga, through different types of mobility and different activities, and just nurturing your mind, body, and soul, and taking care of yourself. And with that, you will find your authentic self. Once you take care of yourself, you can live your most authentic life. You can be your most authentic self. Once you trust yourself and you know yourself, it'll be so much easier to just let go and trust the universe. But if you're in so much conflict and you don't know who you are, then how can you trust anyone else? So I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you would like to follow Richie on Instagram for some tips and more insight and just to follow him on his journey, you can at The Strength Temple. And if you would like to follow me on Instagram, that's at tara.mont and the Instagram for this podcast at Trust and Thrive. So all the information will be in the description of this episode, as always. And so you know where to find me, you know where to find Richie as well. If you've been enjoying the show and you would like to leave a review on Apple iTunes, that would mean the world. It's very easy. You can leave a comment or you can simply rate the show with as many stars as you'd like. I'd obviously love an honest review. I want real feedback and I want to know what you think. You can send me a message and let me know. And I'm always curious too to know what kind of industries and what topics you want to hear more about on the show that you want to hear discussed and to learn more. And that's why I do this show. I don't want to just touch on one specific topic always and one specific field or industry. I'm so curious and I want to keep learning more and sharing that with you as well. So please let me know. I would love that. So have a lovely rest of your May and I will catch you all next Thrive Thursday.